All right, let me welcome people back. Sorry. Folks, <laughs> you better welcome back to another episode of maybe next time. I am your host, William, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, I can't remember the last time we were five games over 500. Can you? <laughs> we Tell are, me, can you? <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk, Simon. All things Nets Nation. We have a jam packed agenda today we're gonna head up some would you rathers we're gonna go to choo 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 stat station we're gonna talk at great length about buyout speculations and then because we are a podcast in the final week of january 2021 we're gonna have a very fun segment that is vaguely related to the game stop Drama. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't talk a little bit about GameStop, right? That's that's right. And uh, no two better people to talk the GameStop fiasco than you and I. That's uh, 100% correct. The only thing we're more qualified to discuss, honestly, is the Brooklyn Nets, which we are going to do before <laughs> we talk about GameStop. <laughs> Simon, the Nets are second place in the East right now, 13 and 8. We're on a four-game win streak. Last week we came in, I believe you said something along the lines of you have never felt worse about being a fan of the Nets. Of course, immediately after you say that, they go on a four-game winning streak. What's the vibe this week? Um, better. Definitely better. Um, but I would say I could t- the same concerns I had last Saturday. I continue, continue to have, uh, you know, no defense, um, um, and no depth and we're still cranking these, you know, our, our three stars are playing like top five minutes, including our recently ACL tear torn, um, Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah. Very well aware of that fact. Uh, But, Simon, I got to say, we are once again um, having very different feelings about this team. Last week, after after we podcasted and, you know, I said some, oh, cynical things about what I feel – Kyrie Irving brings to this team. Sorry, I dropped a, a pin cap there. Uh, what Kyrie Irving brings to this team, where the impact's winning, blah, 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 blah. I watched the game, right? And somewhere in the second quarter or so, it was the Heat game last Saturday. Was that on national TV? It was on NBA TV, which I do get. Um, and you can watch it even with your with it, with it a blackout? Yeah, so League Pass you can't, but NBA TV you can Mm, Yeah, so I was able to watch it, and at some point in the second quarter, I just 
shed all of the nostalgia and sort of like bitterness that I've been feeling about the new team, you know, and my love for the old team and the scrappy, crappy old nets of old, you know, that I've been really holding on to. And I just looked at the court and it's a it's a completely new team, right? It's a totally different, distinct disconnected thing like joe harris is still around din is still around but basically everyone else is gone and i just had a break you know i don't i'm no longer holding on to that team that i once loved and i'm sort of embracing this new team and i really 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 like it's not hard to do i really like kd uh and i love i'm loving james harden on this team uh but it, it just it's just allowed me to i feel like have a slightly more positive attitude about these guys. Like, I think that there's obvious glaring flaws that we will, we will discuss of course today, but I'm no longer, uh, I'm no longer quite as bitter as I feel like I have been for about a year and, and change since whenever Katie and, and Kyrie decided to come to the team. Great. Yeah. So a little sunshine Bully for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is nice. That is good. Uh, all right. Should we delve into this thing? Yes. Or do you want to talk about shows you like, food you've eaten, um, political stories that have captured your imagination? <laughs> Any of those Executive things? orders. Executive orders that are shaking the very pillars of our society. Um, I am ready to just jump straight in. Okay, well, I wanted to do a quick little would you rather. Okay. So lots has been made this last week about Bradley Beal's discontent uh, on the Washington Wizards, who are maybe the team with the worst record in the NBA. I think they are. Uh, If not them, then D'Angelo's team, the mighty T-Wolves. Anyway. People are talking about Bradley Beal, as they have already for months, but now it's sort of intensifying, talking about how he's going to have to demand out, free Beal, blah, 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 blah. Would you rather, Simon, have James Harden on this team or Bradley Beal on this team? Giving up the same... Yeah. It's the same package for both. Yeah. Yes, Um, it is. I would rather have Bradley Beal because he's younger. And and I would convince myself – I would be better able to convince myself, hey, we can potentially keep this guy around after KD is you know 36 or 35, after Kyrie's injuries, you know, shuffle him out of the league. We still have this very durable 26, 27-year-old um, to build around. Huh. Okay. I am increasingly, I I have always felt this way, but I, I feel validated in my opinion that James Harden is the one we should be, uh, should have gone for all along since he's been on this team, Simon, I believe we're six and two with Harden yes, in the lineup. Correct. Uh, Harden is a guy who has every place he's ever been won a ton of games. And as the feverish, you know, reverence for Bradley Beal begins to heighten, 
Um, it just reminds me a lot of like the the Drew Holiday thing. It's like, yeah, he's available and he's pretty good, but he by no means, if you just put him on a team, equals a good team. Like Bradley Beal's currently on a team and they're fucking terrible. So like, just adding him doesn't necessarily make you a good team by any stretch of the imagination um so he's not like i think he's being talked about as if he's a player like on the level of say a harden or a durant or a or a lebron james where if they're on the team that team is going to be excellent um or at least good enough to make the playoffs when bradley beals on a team your floor is basically the worst team in the league Mm, yeah so i don't I, i mean if if he can't do you any better than raising your floor from worst team in the league? Why is he revered as uh, a god? Other than he's one of the only people who could theoretically be available, who's pretty good. Yeah, and he has been on winning teams, like the 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 Wizards teams. He was on with uh, John Wall. You know, they almost they went to a game seven in a Eastern Conference Finals, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe that no, was it was the second was that round. semifinals. Was, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, of course. And, and you know, you can't you can't put it all on him and he's not necessarily a, a transformational player. But I guess my point more is, you know, I think James Harden is that level of player. Yeah, James Harden is certainly a better, better player. Um, my my take would just be that like, how much longer is he going to be good? Um, particularly given his um, conditioning interest, interest in conditioning, um, and the fact that he's thirty two, I, I would just be much more worried about that than a twenty six, twenty seven year old. That that's that's why I would. Okay, and how about another? Would you rather, Simon? Quickly. Okay. Uh, would you rather have James Harden on this team or Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. Um, I just, I mean, I, you know, t- speaking of somebody who not only wins you regular season games, but also can win you um, lots of playoff games. Um, I do definitely think that James Harden is a more talented player. Uh, but I just like Jimmy Butler is is as clutch as they come. And really seizes the spotlight too when the pressure's on. Um, whereas James Harden notoriously shies away from it slash plays terribly. Um, and also, I think you're seeing, you know, as Jimmy Butler has been out these last few games and Miami is horrible, like it's not, it wasn't just that like Jimmy Butler found himself on this perfect team and he's, you know, maybe not as good as Bam and maybe not as good as Dragic and. Uh, you know, whatever, like he's not playing or hasn't been playing and they've been horrible. So, and again, that happened with every other team he's been on. Those teams have been worse as soon as he leaves them. Yeah. I'm just, I guess I would just uh, be worried. And this is sort of the thing that I was worried about uh, when we were talking about potentially getting him, uh, that what we're seeing now is what you're going to see a lot more of with Jimmy Butler, just because of the mileage on the guy. Yeah. Is that there's going to be a lot more stretches of seasons where he's sitting out, possibly of playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. So what's wrong with him? Do you know? I'm not totally sure what the injury is. Yeah. Um, anyway, just, just curious where you're at. If, if Harden and the, the six and two presence 
uh, of him on this team was was changing your mind. Have you gotten to watch a lot of these games? Probably not. No, right. I'm trying to get. I've, I'm spending a fortune on a on a cable package, um, uh, and but that cable package has not been delivered yet. It's supposed to be coming on Tuesday. And yes, network is extremely hard to come by um, if folks are unaware, as I've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. So no, I haven't. Sorry. The, the long answer is that, and the short answer is no. Huh, fair enough. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not able to see much either. Just the things that are on NBA TV or ESPN uh, is basically all I can get, which sucks because they're a fun team to watch most of the time. Yeah, I I watched the um the uh, the little recaps, the nine and a half minute, sure, yeah, things of pretty much all of the baskets, but those don't really tell you that much. No, definitely not. Um, but still, you know, my my dad also watches those. Always texts me about about the highlights. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's go to Stat Station. Okay, choot choot. Choot choot. All right, so we're going to do trends to track in a minute, Simon, which are going to get into two bigger themes, I think, that we're going to want to keep an eye on throughout the season. But then I just wanted to talk a little bit about some lineup stuff that I've been looking at. Yes, I'm interested in your uh, your line on lineup. Right, because a huge a huge question is, you know, how are you going to play these three together? If they have, especially Harden and Kyrie, extremely duplicative skills, how are they going to stagger them? Who's working well together? And I think the 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 honest answer right now is there's just not enough, uh, not enough of a sample to make any conclusions about it. But basically, what I've done is I looked at all lineups, five man lineups that have had. Um, that have played together for at least 18 minutes, which, again, is nothing, you know. But uh, I'm going to go through a few of the things that I, I saw that I think might be worth talking about. So the best overall net rating is also the lineup that has the best overall offensive rating. And that so they've got a 17.5 net rating and a 123.5 offensive rating, and that is a lineup with Kevin Durant, uh, Jeff Green, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Joe Harris. So the big three plus Joe Harris, the shooter, and and Jeff Green um, playing the five. So basically, a, a our best lineup right now is a lineup without what you would call a center. Right. Um, and our worst lineup is a negative 31.8, and this one has DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, TLC, Shamit, and Chioza. I think that that's unsurprising that that's a horrible lineup. That has Chioza, who's really not even a rotation-level player, an ice-cold Shamit, and DeAndre Jordan, who uh, <clears throat> doesn't come across well in a lot of these ratings. Yeah. Um, so our best defensive rating... I also wanted to talk about, and that lineup is Kevin Durant, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, and Bruce Brown. Okay. So we do have DJ in there. We have Green, but I think very importantly, and we'll see if this is a a trend to monitor, I think the important thing to note about this best defensive rating five-man lineup is that it 
does not have either Kyrie or James Harden in it. Right. I'm sorry. Who, 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 can you read that one again? Sure. Sorry. So the best defensive rating is at 102.8, which is pretty good. Um, and it's got KD, Jeff Green, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown. Okay. So okay, guys, it. you would probably expect KD, Bruce Brown, uh, two of our better defenders. It has a center in DeAndre Jordan um, and Jeff Green and Joe Harris. But again, no Kyrie, no Harden. Our worst one has DeAndre Jordan, Harden, Kyrie, Harris, and Brown. So that has, you know, has those two guys in it. And I think that if we look at this, you know, once we can have lineups that have played together for over 50 minutes, where it actually might mean something more significantly, that this will probably bear out, that our lineups with K- that with Harden and, and Kyrie both in them are probably going to be horrific defensively. Yeah. Um, so the two trends to track, first one, usage <laughs> usage rate. Yes. So I did this from the time that Harden joined the Nets. And it's this is actually promising to me. So last time I complained that Kyrie had by far the most usage, the highest usage rate of the three since they've been playing together. That has begun to to level off. Right now, KD has the highest since Harden has joined the team at 30.7. Kyrie's still coming in second at 27.4. And Harden's third at 24.7. Okay. Um, which sort of tracks to how you would want it to be. KD is, has the highest net rating over that time. Harden, of course, has the second best net rating over that time, and Kyrie is the third. So I think probably what we'll see by the end of the season is that KD has the highest usage rate, Harden has the second, and Kyrie has the third. Don't you agree that that's probably where things are headed? Yes, and I mean, I hope so, because I definitely, like we've talked, I mean, not only are those two, Harden and Durant, are best players by far. But also, Harden is much more of a playmaker than Kyrie. Yeah, Ky- I Kyrie think he's is a scorer who is a he's a good passer. But Harden can actually distribute and get people involved and and actually act, like create plays. I believe that Harden is leading the NBA in assists. Yeah, well, certainly I think he's averaging 11 with us. So yeah, he's averaging awesome. 11.8, which I think is leading the NBA in assists right now. Um, which, yes, as you say, it is it is awesome. I I really like Harden on this team. <laughs> and I, I hated watching Harden. I hated – and I kind of had accepted that I would continue to hate him but would grudgingly, like, accept him being on this team because – you know, it would lead to good things. Um, but he has been, yeah, it may be deferring too much, but it has been not as painful to watch for sure. Yeah. Now what I want to get your take on the photograph that is sweeping Nets nation. Have you seen this photo of Kyrie hugging him? Yes, exactly. Love it. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I do too. I am worried that we're kind of on a Kyrie emotional spike of good good vibe Kyrie uh-huh. um, that could come crashing down at any moment. Sure. But um, yes, I I am too. I mean, I that is not to say that I think that he is you know putting it on. I, I just think that you know he goes through certain cycles. But um, but yes, that is good to see. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll double down and I've said it before, but I think that. I think it's wonderful when we have Kyrie, 
but I think that it's enough to just have Durant and Harden, right? Yeah. So I, I you know, it's great if this is a if this is the emotional high that you're you're saying, or we're on the the good part, the good swing right now. Um, fine, great, you know, we'll have him around. But if it, if it, if he if he needs more time off or whatever, or there's an injury or something, I think the Nets will be totally fine without him. Um, but we'll we'll see. Uh, and then the last trend to track Simon is defense. We got to talk. I mean, we you know we've mentioned it, but our defensive rating is going down downtown. Uh, we're, <laughs> uh, the season, uh, the season as a whole, we're twenty third in net rating, uh, defensive rating, and since Harden has come to town, we've dropped to twenty six. That, you know, I'd like to think Jared Allen. Jared, Jared Allen's absence might be playing into this a little little tiny bit. Um, <laughs> I know it's a big concern of yours. What is going to help you, Simon, uh, emotionally get through this this troubling time defensively for the Nets? <laughs> uh I don't know. Some new players. I mean, you know, Pele, as we talked about last week, who should be joining our team on Sunday. We'll see if he actually plays. I kind of doubt it, um, at least initially. Oh, but, it's Norvell Pell, apparently, not Pele. Oh, Pell. Okay. Yeah. Norvell Pell. Yeah, I was mispronouncing it last episode. Mia culpa. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Well, Norvell Pell. Um. I am genuinely more excited than I probably should be because, again, I'm not sure how much time he's going to get. But I, you know, in my head, I'm imagining this guy who is just, you know, the guards are just feeding, feeding their, um, the, pe- the people they're guarding right into him. He is blocking their shots, and we just are dramatically better defensively and he's able to roll and catch lobs in a way that um deandre's legs won't let him um and so is not just a total nothing on on um offense so i just have a lot riding on him and i have a lot riding on whoever we're supposed to sign today by the way folks depending on when you're listening to this we may have added someone but as of now um Oh, I, William, I have late break. I have breaking news for you. Oh, great. What? Uh, free agent Iman Shumpert is finalizing a deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, fantastic. That's a great one. He was one of the ones I was hoping might come back. Yes, me too. Me too. And as we talked about, um, so that is great. So those are the things that I'm hanging my, to, to answer your question, people like Shumpert, people like Pell, who I'm like, probably irrationally like they will save us and i don't mean they'll transform us into like a top five defense but like if we can get into the top 10 if we can even get into the top 15 for now i would i would settle for that oh yeah top 20 is good for me (laughs) so where are we now uh 20 uh 23rd for the season and 26th since harden joined oh god that's bad. Simon, we're going down, 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 <laughs> down, down. Oh. Um, all right. So you mentioned we just got Shumpert. We signed Norvell Pell. 
I don't think those are the free agent signings people are 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 necessarily hoping for. So I want to talk about mm. some fun buyout guys that we might be looking to uh, cash in on. Great. Now, Simon, we've talked about buyouts before in in this podcast, of course, and I just don't really understand why certain guys are rumored to become buyout guys mm-hmm. or why largely why any team ever buys any guy out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Like why is Andre Drummond going to get bought out? Like Great what's question. the point of doing that? So, so I, my understanding of why buyouts happen are situations like when the Nets did it with, um, Fareed, mm-hmm. where I think they tried to trade Right. They wanted to trade. But in the end, it was like, this guy is a pill. He's not happy. And we can save some money because you do, you know, you you do generally they they give up some money um, in these sorts of buyouts, especially like I would imagine somebody like Drummond would would give up money because he would agree to a buyout um, only after he had secured another gig okay that would cover that would cover the rest of the the salary he he would be giving up um but i think it's like if there's nothing doing and you kind of want to be nice to an agent and you don't really have anything um writing on the season you kind of want to get worse anyway which is something maybe cleveland is not in that situation right they're currently in the playoff um they would make the playoffs today yeah they 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 stomped Um, us twice Right, exactly. They're they're they've solved the riddle that is the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out defense flummoxes us. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, right, but so I, I don't know. Right, I, I think Steve Jones. You know, Steve Jones of of Twitter fame, and I think he writes elsewhere. But he he was writing that like. Yeah, I don't know why people think that Drummond is going to be a buyout candidate. Like, I think people, someone will trade for him. Yeah, I, I can't imagine he becomes a buyout guy. But let me – can I list off um, some big guy, some center buyout guys that are rumored to potentially become buyout guys who Please. might work for the Nets? And then you, you, you say you – talk about any ones that you're interested in and think would be good for the Nets, Okay. Okay. So this is this is actually a, a longer list. I think there are eight or nine people on it. Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, Kevin Love, Cody Zeller, Robin Lopez, JaVale McGee, Bismack Biombo, Mike Muscala, Ed Davis. Done. Ooh. That's a big list. Uh Kevin Love, Hassan Whiteside, Robin Lopez, JaVale McGee. Any of these guys exciting you? Oh, I would love any of them. I mean, I, I, I so in particular, not I would, Mike Muscala. No, no, right? Okay, yes, fine. I mean, he would be better than DeAndre, but um, uh, but Robin Lopez, or sorry, yes, Robin Lopez, I think would be the best we could ever hope for. Okay, uh, on this, like, I think he is exactly the kind of like hard nosed. Uh, unlike his brother, no offense, Brooke, great guy, but not very hard nosed. But, um, but, uh, yeah, Robin is just 
like, I don't know, can kind of hit the three, would, would, would give us the defensive presence we so desperately need. Um, and Drummond would be good, too. Those are my two picks. I, I just think Drummond and Robin are, are, are too far gone. But Dr- Drummond would be great, obviously, in terms of rebounds. He's a pre, you know would certainly be an improvement on on defense. I know I've read things that like he he could be kind of a drag on offense because he demands you know, he he he's probably got the biggest ego of any of the those buyout candidates you you listed. I mean yeah. Kevin Love, but like Kevin Love, Kevin I, Love seems like an awful fit. Yeah, like I he's agree. he was it is most youthful. He was a terrible defender. Right. Uh, he's a like one hundred percent offense guy. We do not need more offense on this team. Right. Uh, JaVale McGee would be another like yeah. I he like uh, he was played out of the playoffs last year for the Lakers. I don't have a huge amount of faith in him, but as a regular season guy, giving you twenty minutes at at center, I think he could be slightly better than DeAndre Jordan. And he definitely would, he's definitely a, a, a big improvement in terms of rim protection. Right. I, I would much rather have him um than than DeAndre. And ex- exactly as you said, like you just need you can't play you cannot play um Jeff Green at center for that long. No. And, and also like Here's another thing that I'm curious what you think. Just no, I'll, I'll talk about this later. Never mind. This is well, too much. Well, my work. my fantasy, my fantasy self, you know, my the guy mm-hmm. who who loves to look at at basketball through the completely distorted lens of of Yahoo Fantasy Sports would be like, I think maybe if Hassan Whiteside is in the right situation, he could be great because he can get like five blocks a game and great rebounder, stat stuffer, but. Anyone who knows anything about basketball routinely says that he is an absolute uh, zero in terms of helping your team win. Um, right. I think that and Jackie Drummond McMullen like calls him too. the cooler. <laughs> because wherever he goes, the team starts playing worse. Um, and... <laughs> You know, but I, you know, you, you got you. He's one of those guys where you're like, well, he's just like he he can put up crazy numbers. So if he's in the right situation, which is with you know Kyrie burning sage and whatnot, then maybe he's gonna he's gonna like actually help a you know this team win. But I I I don't think in reality it would work. But in my fantasy mind, it would be awesome. T- totally, and I get the same exact vibes from Drummond, and I think similar things have been said about Drummond, like. Yes, it seems awesome that he gets 16 rebounds a game. <laughs> right. Um, but, like, yeah, it's not like he's clearly losing his spot to to Jarrett. You know, there's there's already – you know what I mean? Like, he's never really – he's never been a great fit um, on a winning team. Yeah, it's never really been a part of a winning team. Um, yeah. All right, should we, should we shift to wings? Mm-hmm. I know you're a wingy-dingy type of guy. Oh yes. Um, all right, five names for you: Otto Porter Jr., Jabari Parker, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Dante Exum. Well, you know I'm an Otto Porter Jr. I, fanatic. I have next to Otto Porter Jr.'s name in parentheses, amazing. <laughs> I mean, that, yes, he would be perfect. 
Um, have you heard at, anything about him, his play recently for the Bulls? No. Not good. <laughs> oh, no. I'm still stuck in Otto Porter, like, Nets max contract Otto Porter. Yeah. I don't know what's happened in Chicago, but, you know, we're talking about him as a potential buyout guy, so it didn't go too well there. Uh, yeah. Well, what I... I don't know. Well, he's an 18.3 PER. Sign me up for that, baby. Oh, yeah. Effective field goal percentage, 58.1. Is he hurt or something? That could be. I think he I think he has had a lot of injury issues, yeah. He's played 14 games, which is not a great sign considering the Nets have played 21. I'm not sure how many the Bulls have played, but I bet it's more than 14. <laughs> um, so that could be an issue. But these numbers don't look bad. 12.6 points. No, um, no, I think he'd be great. I think he'd be a great addition. From three. Yeah, trust yourself. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, yes. Uh, I'm sure he, yes, he's had severe injuries, as you've said, for the last, like, two or three years. But he'd be your number one off that list, not a not an Ariza, or maybe take a, take a swing at the uh, young Dante Exum? Well, I don't know anything about Exum. Uh, he came in. There was a lot of hype about him. They thought he could be a really good two-way guy, and then he's sort. He was in Utah, and I'm not totally sure where he is now. But he's just never really panned out. He's had some injury issues, and I mean, I think Jabari Parker is a guy we can both say we don't we don't want or need. Like I, Absolutely. I, I love Jabari Parker. Like two years yeah. ago, I would have loved to have Jabari Parker on the Nets, um, but like. Yeah, he is another guy who is 100% offense. He is a low-key, I think, um, let's say, uh, Kyrie-like uh, locker room presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, yes. So but I don't, with I don't, none but with of no, the none of the actual, all. yeah, none of the actual all-star upside, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking here. Otto Porter has been suffering back spasms. Oh, not good. Um, all right, I want to bring up two former Nets names because uh, Shumpert's already joined. He was going to be one of the other ones I brought up. Two former Nets that I've heard could be uh, could be coming to BK. Uh, Garrett Temple, who I mentioned recently, I would think would be great on this team, uh, and Damari Carroll. Yes, um, particularly particularly um, Temple. I have yeah, I'm a little. Concerned by the way Damari Carroll's um, career has completely derailed. Yeah, I think if there was something <laughs> to be to be squeezed out of Damari, the Spurs would have found a way to squeeze it, um, yeah. and they didn't. So I would say I would say uh, respectfully pass on Damari. It, isn't it so? I think it's so funny though when you get into this mode that we're in, where like we have the three superstars. And so any player with even a modicum of talent were like, oh, fuck, that guy <laughs> would take us over the top. Like, we already had Garrett Temple. We know how good that guy is. He's fine. He was the <laughs> best player on the court for, like, eight to ten games last season. <laughs> but now we're like, oh, my God. What would it take for him to even take our call? <laughs> Baby, we're so sorry we didn't pick up your $5 million option. I know. It just seems <laughs> in, unconscionable now that that wasn't done. God, you could slip some screens occasionally. You were just all right. 
<laughs> sort of play defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hit either be hitting every three-pointer you take or nothing. <laughs> yeah, he was a boomer bust guy on offense. <laughs> but, man, when he was booming, he was booming. <laughs> oh, God, Garrett. <laughs> I can change. <laughs> it's not you, baby. It's me. <laughs> oh, shit, me. Uh, all right, should we head to the GameStop? Yes, let's do it. When was the last time you were at a GameStop? I a really long, really, <laughs> really long time ago. Um, back when I had any interest in video games, which was probably pretty much at the like um, the beginning of our friendship. Like, yeah, like your sophomore or junior year of high school. Yeah, yeah, but you know, in a Coronado Mall, another anachronism. I would go to the GameStop from occasion on occasion. <laughs> So why don't you describe this fun segment for our listeners? Okay, folks. Well, um, suffice to say, unfortunately, I don't have enough time to get into the details of exactly what's happening with the GameStop um, situation. It's not because I don't fully understand it. Um, But suffice to say, it involves people betting, uh, hedge funders and, and institutional investors Basically, betting on GameStops, shorting, uh, shorting GameStop, shorting GameStop, betting on their um, stock to fall, and then a bunch of uh, redditors, renegade redditors, um, building up the stock, making it rise, um, and causing these hedge funders to gnash their teeth, um, and in at least one case, lose millions of uh, billions of dollars. Um, so, I thought a segment tied to this could be shorting the nets um so what nets stock in other words do you think is higher now than it will be in a relatively short period of time yeah exactly um have you ever have you ever gotten involved in a short option no have have you no, I've oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you, you could, you could, you could literally you lose infinite amounts of money with uh, by right. shorting a stock. Right. Right. Um, but it is fascinating that something so baldly um, not investing is a totally legal thing to do on financial markets. Yes, and to hear the um, the CNBCers tell it, quite um, critical. No, oh, it's certainly not critical. It is one hundred percent gambling. Yeah, um, yeah, but it is. It, it has long been an option, and it was always. It was always crazy to me because um, I've I've had. Robinhood, which is now very much you know in the in the news as well, uh, the trading app for for a long time. But basically, uh, over the years, it's gone from just a platform that vaguely sort of gamifies buying and selling uh, and and tr- selling things without a fee, which was why I had it, um, like just conventional stocks and EFTs uh, to offering access to crypto markets and then access uh, access to options like shorting a stock, which is 
a pretty dangerous thing to <laughs> offer to any of your users because it is like it's a pretty simple like the 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 actual act of of shorting something um isn't that complicated in theory but it is it can have devastating repercussions for someone who goes into it with some degree of naivete. Whereas, like, if you're buying a stock and you, you know, you're never going to lose more than you, you bought it for, right? Right. So, like, you had the money in the first place, uh, you lost it too bad. But the short thing, uh, to, to, be, to be able to short it could cripple someone financially for the rest of, of time. Right. Um, now, that said, in this instance, uh, hedge funds are being crippled by it, which is, uh, as it's being portrayed in some corners, many of which uh, I'm a part of, uh, as a as almost a, a moral act, a moral and heroic act um, to have fucked over hedge funds like this. But um, but, yeah, if it's an actual person, uh, it's a little a little sadder. Yes. Uh, anyway, okay. So what uh, what do you, what do you shorten? Um, so okay, with apologies, Nets Nation. I love the guy. I cannot believe someone this good plays for the Nets. But I got a short Kevin Durant. What? Um, I think his stock is sky high. People are writing articles like you know he's better than his MVP season. He's better than his injury season. Um, and look, the guy, we are incredibly lucky um, to, to have him, as I said, but I was reading something with, in The Athletic, which was like a conversation between uh, Alex Schiffer and another gentleman. Seth I don't Park remember now, the name who of. is one of the most annoying writers and people at that place, yeah. <laughs> He is the he is he is sort of the the dunk don of the athletic. He's a former yes, analytics right. guy for the Milwaukee right. Bucks, and he talks about basketball as if it is a mathematical equation that he and he alone has the answer to. And he's pretty insufferable for the most part. But I did I do think that that was a good article. I mean, he does he does <laughs> raise some interesting points for sure. Yes. So so basically, his um he points out that um. I mean, first of all, Kevin Durant is shooting insanely well from mid-range. Like, he's always been a very good mid-range shooter. He's one of the few players that no one should get upset at for shooting mid-range shots. But he's shooting just, you know, through the through the roof mid-range um, efficiency. And he is uh, not getting to the rim as much and getting blocked more than almost any time in his career when he does get to the rim. Um, so I find that to be a sign that his, and also his percentages are just outrageous. Um, I mean, to, to, for a a player to have some of these percentages for a whole season is just, you know, quite unbelievable. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm taking a a slight, you know, an extremely high stock and I'm saying, I bet it's going to be lower. There's a lot of room for, for those numbers to be lower and for Kevin Durant to still, be well worth right. You know, you're not gonna, you're not going to bankrupt a hedge fund with this right. short, but you right. are going to make a, a few bucks. You think? That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, as I've mentioned, I'm I'm trying to be more positive, and I and I gen- genuinely feel a little more 
optimistic and positive about the Nets. So instead of shorting anyone, because I was gonna I was gonna short Kyrie, but I'm not I'm not going to in the end. Uh, I'm going to actually do the opposite, Simon, and I am going to massively invest in someone who I think is is extremely undervalued on the Nets okay. right now. Okay. In an attempt to drive the price up, you, similar to. What's up? Go ahead. So I was going to say you're Warren Buffeting. I'm exactly. I'm a value investor, Simon. Uh, <laughs> always have been, always will be. And um, I'm going to push in all my chips on Nick Claxton. Okay, I loved him when he came on this team. I loved him in flashes last year. He's been injured all year. There's not much buzz about him. I'm still extremely curious in what he can become, but I think. There's a chance that when he can actually physically play again, he could be a massive upgrade on Reggie Perry and, with any luck, a massive upgrade on DeAndre Jordan. Um, Great. Now, there's, you know, no evidence to suggest that a guy who had, you know, could barely get on the court last season is somehow going to come off of a massive injury and be a starting level uh center for a championship team but i am i'm gonna i'm gonna buy all this up i'm gonna try to drive the price up hashtag i've got two hashtags for them mm-hmm. uh and they're you know I, we'll see if reddit picks them up one is uh clax attacks and <laughs> <laughs> they're not good i didn't say they were good and the other one is hashtag <laughs> Because his first name is Nick, Nicholas Claxton. Uh, so my next one is Pick Nick. <laughs> oh, Pick Nick. Now that is good. Pick Nick. You, it's, you rolled it, in. <laughs> it's brought Apollo Financial to its knees. <laughs> oh, boy. That that's good. That's good. Well, you you completely uh, you went against my theme, but um, but I think that is great. Yeah, uh, we I still hope got you're to, right. We I, still I like got to Nick. talk shorting and GameStop, and you know, we got yes. we, we did we were able to discuss what we wanted to discuss. Hmm. Um. Well, Simon, thanks so much for dropping breaking news in the middle of the cast. That's pretty special that we got to share that together live on a on a podcast sure (laughs) yes it was sure no problem (laughs) uh all right well what what do you want to tell listeners in i don't know pretty high level of detail and specificity what you plan to do with the rest of your weekend oh god i it's not gonna be good that's listeners it's it's still like just dealing with like getting the trash can from my old place, the place I just moved and various tasks of that nature. Um, tonight though, I think we'll, uh, Hillary and I will have some, some fun watching something. Hopefully. Um, what about you, William? Uh, I think we're going to get Gueros tonight. Ooh, lucky Dougie, lucky Dougie. That was one of my, the rest of the podcast. Lucky Dougie, lucky Dougie, lucky Dougie. Um, that was one of my, um, going away from the neighborhood last, uh, meals. Right. Um, now you, you don't eat anything without quinoa as a primary ingredient. <laughs> it's, 
It's got to be, uh, yes, lovingly raised quinoa. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, rate, review, listen, send us some mailbag questions. We hope to hear from you very soon. Nets play again tomorrow, and we'll be back next tonight. week. Tonight. They play tonight, don't they? Uh, oh, you're totally right. I'm I think sorry. it's they tomorrow. Yeah. I, I forget. Uh, Maybe next time at gmail.com. Hit us up with questions. Hit us up with questions. And uh, Dougie, Dougie, Dougie. Um, okay, and we'll go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, was this letter I read